So good morning and welcome back to the second week of Go Focus. Jesus called us to go and make disciples of all the nations. And uh, you see our theme up there this week, Northwest Hills reaching out to all people. Emphasis on the word all. We have missionaries scattered all around the world. And uh, we're, we're excited about that. And we are, uh, actually we had 12, uh, yeah, 12 missionaries last year. Missionaries meaning a couple or a, an individual. And then Jerry and, Jeremy and Carrie came back because of problems uh, where they were. And so, but now we've got two new missionaries. And so we're real excited about that. We said we had uh, two new missionary couples. The other couple are Brian and Barb Hoffman, and they've been around for a while. And if you folks want to come on up, they've, they've had a lot of personal experience with missions along the way, and they're going to share what's uh, on their heart. So, it's an honor to be here uh, on behalf of uh, Envelay Ministries uh, to understand a little bit more about why we're doing what we're doing over there. We have to got to go back to the 1980s and 1990s during the AIDS crisis. Uh, in response to that crisis, uh, which left thousands, millions of children homeless, um, th- there were countless numbers of nonprofit organizations that went into Africa to help uh, address the need. Um, they were building orphanages, orphanages and basically ch- children's homes all, wor- all over Africa. And the picture you see here is the Hope Children's Home, which is the children's home that, where we began our ministry 10 years ago. So our personal story began in 2006 when we took our first trip to Uganda. We were actually in the area visiting our son, who was serving in Sudan, and we thought we'd just stop off in Uganda. We had no idea at the time that this trip was actually going to, and these people would change our lives forever, but God has a way of working his plan throughout our choices. Over the next 10 years, we continued to build relationships with these kids, not only with these kids, but with pastors and community leaders. And we felt that God was growing our hearts for this country and for its people. I do want to tell you a story about a certain five children because it, it really plays into what we're, what we're doing now. Um, in 2007, God led us to find this uh, family of five children that had been abandoned by their parents and had been living on their own for approximately two years. The oldest was 12 and the youngest was three. It was such a privilege to be able to, to find them, to rescue them, and to just lead them into a future of hope and um, uh, something, a place where they could be cared for. And I remember that day of what that felt like. And here's a picture of them two years later when we're back, just happy, healthy, full of joy. Uh, The future looked so bright for them, and we were so encouraged that that we could be a part of that. And But again, had no idea where this family of five would lead us. But now this family and millions of other families or children like them are facing another crisis. Uh, 
eventually these kids are aging out of these orphanages that were started up. And aging out means that they're, they become 18 years old and they're just, they move on to the next part of their life. And a lot of them, most of them, have, are going into that part of their life without any, any training. And uh, they, um, let me get my spot here. So they have no life skills, basically, uh, no resources. Their education up to that point had been just basic. You got an education which wasn't really there to prepare them for anything. And so they, uh, they had no family. They had uh, no, no sponsor. The sponsorship program was gone. There was no sp- strategy for them in their lives and uh, no community. Uh, they had kind of been separated out of their community, and there was really no hope for them at that point in time. Yeah. So now these orphans are in crisis again. And so what the situation is with them is uh, you, we look at the statistics. These are Uganda statistics. Seven out of ten uh, aged-out boys are committing crimes within the first five years of, being, of leaving their, the orphanage. Six out of ten of the aged-out girls end up in some form of prostitution within the first five years. And sadly, one out of ten of these kids commit suicide. When I first read these, they were so sobering because um, these aren't just numbers to us. These are our kids, and we've worked with hundreds over the last ten years of these young kids, and now we see them. But I just want to give you a face to the statistic and not just give you numbers. This is Nora. This is when we met Nora, um, happy young girl. Nora has now been sex trafficked to Dubai. Um, as far as we know, we've, been tr- we've tried to, um, to um, be a part of her rescue, but at this point she's still there. Um, the next picture is a picture of Teddy on the left. Uh, after she left orphan care, she found herself without school supply money, um, without needs, and she became a victim of prostitution and then became pregnant and is now a young mother at age 17. So for us, these statistics were faces, and it was hard to just be okay with that, and we really felt like God had something more that he wanted to do. So in January of 2016, this last, the January before this last one, um, we took another trip to Uganda. Uh, we took a team with us then, and we saw the reality again of what our kids were facing. Um, we returned home knowing that we had to do something. We felt like there was, God was speaking into our lives at that point and saying, okay, you see what's going on, now what are you going to do about it? So uh, we gathered together all the sponsors that we knew of in the local area that were also sponsoring kids uh, in the general area that we, are, we were working in, which we were working in Kampala, which is the, cent- is the capital of Uganda and just outside of Kampala is where we generally are working. Um, we returned to Uganda in May and August again, then to work with logistics for taking care of these kids. Uh, we, we hired this amazing Ugandan staff that's working there that we work with daily. Uh, in fact, I just got a text from one of them while we were sitting over there. And uh, we are trying to, to do the best we can to get them uh, housing, staffing, medical, all the other things that they need in order to be able to, to uh, survive over there and thrive. So a part of that was spending countless hours, the tedious paperwork of becoming legal guardians 
for kids in Uganda. Uh, it's not easy. And that's good that it's not easy because they, their kids have been exploited. And so, but this was a miraculous thing that we applied and received our, our certification so quickly. It was just miracle after miracle, and that happened for us. So we were really thankful for that. I want to stop just a minute, and you may be asking, why Enbele? What is Enbele anyway? Okay. So how many of you are rock climbers? Okay. A couple. Then you might know the term. Enbele is a rock climbing term, and it means to provide support and anchor in case of a fall. And I love that we named ourselves something that nobody knows what it means because we can always stop and say, well, let me tell you what Ambele is. We are there as a support. They do the climbing. We want them to become self-sustaining. So we are just there to hold the rope because these kids have no, like he said, no resources. There's nothing for them to fall back onto. So we're there, but we want them to do the climbing. And so um, in December of, t- of t- this last year, we became the proud parents of 17 kids. And that's them. I know that, at least that's some of them. I know that maybe that doesn't sound like a huge number, but it feels like a huge number to us. <laughs> and of the 17 are the five. The five that were homeless and had been abandoned. And were facing then another crisis. So hope was restored again for those five and for these other kids. Um, You know, God has a way of breaking into our lives and setting us on a different course. We did not know in 2006 that this is where it would be today. And when we entered retirement a couple years ago, we had no idea that this is what God had for us. But what we found that in 2007, we went to rescue orphans. But in reality, we were rescued. We were rescued from an ordinary life that was centered around ourselves. And God began to do a work in our hearts all those years ago. Um, We're so thankful for that 10 years of ministry that we had, not knowing where it was leading, because we were forming relationships with pastors, leaders. Those people that we formed relationships with the last 10 years are now working for Ambele. They now are a part of our organization, and we just, everything has kind of come full circle. So um, please pray for Ambele Ministries. These kids... um, need to be rescued for a second time. They're facing a huge crisis. And just pray that as we partner with them, we want to see them become men and women that change their culture in Uganda one life at a time. And um, it's an awesome responsibility. Some mornings we wake up and we are overwhelmed with the responsibility in front of us, but we know God is able, and this is what he's called us to. And my challenge to you would be, if not you, who? And if not now, when? And if not there, where? And so if you are struck by that, give it, talk, come talk to us. And we'd love to talk to you about how you might want to be involved or how you could be involved. There's lots of opportunities to do that. So we're so thankful to Northwest Hills for partnering with us as on Belay Ministries. And, um, and the heart for Uganda that is here, and you'll see that more of that as we go through this service, um, and we just appreciate the fact that you that the church has stepped up and is willing to re- support us in different ways. Uh, we covet your prayers. This is a new organization we're starting. There's a lots of uh, there's a huge learning curve. There's lots of challenges along the way, uh, but Lord has been providing in amazing ways and has been answering prayer after prayer after prayer. And we are so excited about the opportunity to work together as a team here. 
Um, if you have any questions about what we're doing uh, or want to have more information, come see us in the lobby or give us a call, and we would love to share what God is doing for us. God bless you all. Thank you. Again, I want to pray for uh, Brian and Barb here. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for what you're doing, the way you've touched their hearts. And I've seen that in person with them. And Lord, uh, through the administrative things that they have to do, but more importantly, Lord, how they can touch and affect these uh, young people over in Uganda. So Lord, we ask your presence to go before them and your love and peace and power to, to go with them. We thank you in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Bless you. So much of our missionary focus has been in uh, Uganda, and on this map you can see Karamoja up in the upper right-hand corner, and the peace village there, Nakayot, and uh, then in Sarodi is where the Clydestaff is that, uh, the, that we work with so much, and that's where the Timothy retreats are held. We've had, uh, I counted 34 different people who have been not just to Uganda, but also to Karamoja. Uh, missionaries. Uh, Paul and Karen Berg went over for the better part of a year working on getting clean water supplies for them. The Timothy teams go over there and uh, construction. We'll, we'll see a little more about that uh, coming up. But the Timothy project is uh, what we're going to talk about next. And I want to read this verse. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses. This is Paul writing to Timothy. These entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So this is how they want to help these young people to get an education and to uh, grow spiritually. And I've had the chance to apply this verse uh, in person. I've either led, I've gone to uh, Uganda five times as part of the Timothy Project. Four of those five I either led or co-led the team. And... It's now time at age 75 to entrust another faithful man. And so Steve Mock is going to come up and talk to us about the Timothy team. Good morning. Um, it's, it's been a privilege to be part of the Timothy Project, um, leading the teams uh, from this church over the last, uh, let's see, I've been four times and the last two years leading the team. Um, just brief history of, of the Timothy Project. If you're not aware, we've mentioned this a few times, but uh, back in around 2008, the Queen of England was coming to visit uh, Kampala, and the government, Ugandan government decided to clean up the streets, so they packed up all the orphans and uh, street kids and put them on buses and tried to send them back to their tribal regions. And Dr. Val, uh, another supportive missionary from here, um, was very well known for be knowing everybody in Karamoja. So they dropped 200 children on her doorstep one day. And, sorry. Um, so a couple churches in Portland that support her and, and Northwest Hills, uh, she asked us to sponsor these children and, and try to get them into schools because uh, they, they were orphans, they had no families or very distant families and not, it, not able to reconnect with their, uh, with their families, their tribes. So um, she organized a way to get them into um, schooling, uh, boarding schools, and many of the people here at Northwest Hills have been sponsoring these students. 
And so each year uh, in December, we've been sending a team over, to a small team over to um, uh, put on a retreat. And this, the students f- complete their schooling in December. That's the end of their school year. And so that we, we bus them down to Soroti um, from the Bush area up in Karamoja. And this is the team that went this last year. There's Jen Galvin on the left. And then left, yeah, uh, my, my wife, Mary. And Arlene Amick, who's been every single year, which I think is nine now, um, and then Lori Kissler and myself. This actually is in Dr. Moses' um, parents' hut at his house. We got the retreat to go see them there. Um, so at the retreat, one of the primary focuses we do is to give them some Bible teaching. So we do small groups. This is Jen teaching her group. Um, here's a student learning. Uh, they, they come from all these boarding schools. Some of them are faith-based. Some of them are not. Um, they have varying... Um, degrees of um, interaction with with scripture and with um, with learning about God, so we provide that over these few days. Uh, one of the primary reasons we go there is to build relationships with these students. Again, we many people from Northwest Hills are sponsoring these students. They know that they're being sponsored, um, and we build relationships to let them know and to to bring your care and your love to them, uh, to show them God's love. So we we spend time building relationships over these five days of the retreat. It's a great time to get connected. These are the small groups. At the end of the retreat, we give them out T-shirts. And uh, this year, the theme for the retreat was Romans from Romans 12, um, be transformed and uh, be love in action. So that's what the T-shirts say. And these are the small groups. Some of the other things that we do there um, is uh, we provide them sports activities uh, to learn some team-building skills and just have fun. Uh, this is the retreat center that we were at this year. Um, nice facility for Ugandan standards. Um, we provide crafts for them. Uh, they, they love to color. And uh, they were making some bracelets here, some string bracelets. And then in the lap of the, the gal there, you can see it's, a, it's actually a pencil bag that we made out of uh, a Ziploc bag and duct tape. Uh, and that's their Ugandan flag. They love making those. And then we also provide them a gift bag um, from the money that the church supports. Uh, this year we had a, a great opportunity. I negotiated a, a deal with the manufacturer of these solar lights. And they're just individual solar lights that um, provide studying because electricity goes out very often in Uganda. <clears throat> so we were able to give each student one of those solar lights um, along with um, school supplies and some hygiene products. And then <clears throat> this year, again, we had a very exciting time with the graduation. Um, these, these students have been, have met, many of them have been studying. There are 130 students in the project right now. Uh, of the original 200, <clears throat> there's probably about 50 or 60 that are still in the project. Um, many of them have either gone, some, unfortunately, some of them have gone back to the streets. Um, some have graduated. Some have gotten married um, and, and left the program. And then... Um, the, other, the rest of the 130 have been additional students that have been identified as, as having um, um, good propensity to uh, learn well and to be spiritually mature and grow in their spiritual walk. Um, and so that's the other 80 or so that are in the project right now to make the 130. But anyway, these are <clears throat> six of the students that uh, graduated with um, post-secondary degrees, um, accounting, a seminary degree, the civil, civil engineer, uh, social worker. Um, so this is, 
the Timothy Project has been committed to these students um, similar to avoid what Ambele is having to address. So we, we're committed to bring these students uh, beyond uh, their age 18 and to provide them the opportunity to go to either a trade school. Some of the, some of the students don't want to go to university. The, they don't have quite that educational uh, drive, <clears throat> but they can learn a trade. And they go to trade school for a year or two and learn either seamstress or construction or uh, woodworking, those kinds of things. So we have that going on as well, agriculture, a lot of agriculture. Um, but we're committed at this point to try to get these students through the post-secondary school so they have the skills to be able to support themselves and don't fall into the issues that um, the Hoffmans are having to address um, with their with their ministry and all the other orphanages that um, the kids age out of. So anyway, these are these are some of the students that um, grew up, um, that graduated. Um, the, the other activity that we get to do when we go over in December is to do a goat distribution. Um, it's kind of a funny lead-in picture, but um, uh, those are not goat eggs <laughs> or goat meat, actually. Um, so um, the church, if, you're, if you were here in the, in the fall when we did the fundraising drive, um, we supported, you supported enough money for us to buy 75 goats this year. Uh, we give those goats to orphans and widows. And uh, they always we go the we go and identify a church or the Clyde staff identifies a church in the village nearby, and uh, that's where we give out the goats to. And they always provide a meal for us. They're very uh, thankful for us to to come there. Um, so these are some of the goats, and it's a it's a very exciting event. Um, this year, um, this gets me every time. This this year uh, was probably the youngest and um, smallest group. Um, the youngest group of orphans that we've heard. Uh, Usually there's lots of widows and some older students, but many of these children, uh, as you can see, the little boy, yeah, a little boy in the yellow shirt there, um, many of them at that age. And they have guardians, um, but they have no way to really uh, be able to contribute to the family and to grow up and uh, support themselves. So <clears throat> these goats are, it's a revolving loan program, so um, when the goat has, they're all female, and when the goat has its first kid, uh, the kid comes back to the program and is given to somebody else, and then they get to keep that goat and uh, earn a living off of milk or, or um, more kids, and then they can trade those kids for cows, etc., and, and uh, be successful in that regard, provide for themselves, so, and hopefully um, provide school fees and things like that uh, so they can go to the school. This is the full group. Um, just a great time, and then at the end of the re- at the end of our time there in Uganda, um, the Ugandans generally don't celebrate birthdays because most of them don't even know when they what their birthday is. So Arlene um, from our church, she discovered this in her like first or second year, and so she has organized a birthday party for the Clyde staff every year. So we have some good fun. Um, she always brings over some interesting treat and activity items, um, things certainly things that they have never experienced over there, and they have a lot of fun with it. Um, this is Dr. Moses, another one of our. Um, this is um, another one of our missionaries that we support. He's uh, the director of the Clyde, and he's doing the cookie challenge, trying to get the cookie off the forehead into your mouth. Um, I won, actually, so maybe that's not a good thing. Um, this is the this is the whole uh, all the Clyde students. I mean, the Timothy students this year um, at the end of the retreat. Um, so. Um, I put this slide up here because God's bigger than the challenge. The challenge that we're facing right now is um, the, the program has been, the project has been relatively successful, and many of these students are going to post-secondary, but as you get older through the, 
through the um, um, program, the costs get more expensive. And we currently have 34 students that are in post-secondary school, either in trade school or in the university. Um, it's very expensive over there. It's $1,500 a year, which is very cheap for us here, of course. But um, when you add so many students uh, into that level, um, the sponsorships of these students um, are primarily coming from um, about, we've been sponsoring about $50,000 total uh, each year up to this point. About 20 of that comes from individuals here at Northwest Hills that sponsor individual students. And then uh, a church in Portland that supports Dr. Val um, provides about 20000 as well each year as a lump sum. And then there's about 10000 that are people that are outside that uh, are, have connections outside of our church that have connections with Dr. Val. So it's been about $50,000, but because these, we have so many students that are um, advancing in their, in their um, grades, um, we're actually facing a shortfall of around $25,000 each year for the next five years as these kids go through secondary school. So we're praying through that. The elders are going to be addressing um, to see and discerning how God wants us to, to um, um, participate in that and to try to get some other churches in Portland to participate as well. But um, if God tugs on your heart and you uh, want to sponsor a student, we've got a table out here. Um, right outside the door that has um, students to be sponsored or just make a contribution. We have an ongoing here, ongoing fund, ministry fund here um, that you can contribute to and just mark your checks for Timothy Project. Um, but we're excited about where what, what God's been doing through these students and, and providing them their education and spiritual growth. And uh, we hope that you can continue to partner with us. So thank you. We're going to look at another area of uh, ministry. Here comes Derek. Um, We plan to have a team go out and rebuild a school in Nakayot, which is one of the peace villages. This is what it used to look like. This is a picture of the three uh, teachers there. And our own fellowship class, our seniors, actually sponsor and pay for the salary of these teachers so these kids can go to school. So we're very thankful for that. And not too long ago, this whole, a, a giant windstorm came through and the whole building was just demolished. And so now we're without a place for those kids. You want to think of it, this is their school, a uh, bunch of kids underneath a tree. And, uh, but we did find out that a, uh, there are some funds and a, uh, a Ugandan construction team is planning to rebuild that uh, that uh, building for the, the students. So we're very glad. There's three or 400 of these little kids there, and we'd love to have them in school. But we had a, a construction project that Derek participated in. There he is. <laughs> and uh, Derek, who, who, who are we looking at here? You would need that, don't you? Yes. All right, thank you. Um, so this is a team that I went over with. Uh, the other gentlemen are from Suburban, so I just teamed up with them. So in there is obviously Waffle, uh, and uh, Moses is in there, and then there's me, um, and then there's Jerry in the back, and then Andy, uh, Mark, and John. And so um, it's, it's really hard because I feel that we're just the faces of the team. There's a whole lot more behind that. There's the rest of the Clyde staff, uh, Cadet and Christine, and then they, had, they fed us, and they got us transported around. And then there's obviously people from the churches, both churches, suburban and here, who supported us and prayed for us while we're there. I just feel like we were like the tip of the arrow. Um, but it was also, it was a pretty amazing team. I had not met these other gentlemen before. Uh, we'd met a few times beforehand, but uh, 
we were pretty uh, dynamic in the skill sets that we had um, and across quite a few different areas as well. So, yeah. And well, so, how fast did you build that house? <laughs> okay, so that bit of footage took about 40 minutes, but we, yeah, we just took it, made it a bit shorter. So basically, uh, we went <laughs> over as a construction team. Uh, we were told before we left that we were going to be doing construction. Uh, we had a kitchen food storage area, and also the school was mentioned. Uh, so basically, what we ended up building was the kitchen and food storage area. Um, it's basically a steel structure um, with a steel roof and stuff on it. I think that'll be the next slide that comes up. Um, we, and we worked with them to get this built. So it's got a footing in there. Uh, then there's, uh, it's about three foot deep. Then we've got cinder blocks. And then on top of that, we basically set the uh, steel structure frame. And then the, the spot in there is where the door is. Um, there were the next team that went over. Um, so the finished product is basically has cinder blocks around it and it's secure so that food and stuff uh, is secure and they can cook for the kids and everything like that within that building. What was it like working with the Ugandans? Um, it was a lot of fun. So a lot of the, the Ugandans that we were actually working with were people who uh, are interested in trade, so they're maybe not doing too well with the academic side of it. So we got to work with them and teach them some basic skills. Um, and then from there, they basically can go off and, and earn money uh, doing that. So it was everything from mixing cement or if you give someone a hammer and a chisel, they basically can become a carpenter. So was it was pretty hard work? Of, it was pretty hard work. <laughs> so... In regard to work, yes, it was incredibly hard. Um, it was the most spiritually, mentally, and challenging thing I've ever done in my entire lifetime, but it was worth every minute of it. And so I ended up being the water boy. Um, we were basically <laughs> out in Nakayut. Uh, there, is, we are, there is no power. Um, water is coming out of a borehole. So I got to go off uh, with the Land Rover and a group of guys, and I'd pull in about 160 to 260 gallons of water a day. This would take three to five hours, depending on which borehole we went to. Sometimes we're doing it at night, so we wouldn't go to certain boreholes. Um, so I got to know these guys um, in this picture really well. And once we're done pumping the water, we would strip down and we would bathe. <laughs> and then we'd go back and it would be nice and clean for the next day. Uh, the other picture of me there is I got to about day 10 and I'd given all I could give. <laughs> um, and I was down for about 36 hours uh, and then got back to it. Uh, and then this is the second team that went over, they just got back last week, uh, they basically have put in the, the serving bays, which are the blue things in there, they painted the structure blue, and so all that needs to be done to this building to finish it off is some cinder blocks to close it in, um, and then oh, there's a veranda that needs to go on it as well, and the reason that this group couldn't get as much done is it's raining there right now, uh, the road into Nakayut is pretty rutted, um, and there are, they have these culverts, but in the middle of the culvert there is actually a hole. So if you don't know the road, you can be driving over a culvert and obviously drop one of your wheels into that and you're stuck and you've got to get yourself out. So, yeah. So um, there, there's obviously a wee bit more that needs to be done to finish that building off. And when that is, I don't know. One of the things they do over there is we always work with the Ugandans because if the Americans come over and build a building, it's thought of as, well, that's the American building, and they don't even want to use it. But if they help, uh, then it becomes their building. And so they'll, they'll get good use out of this. This was uh, d finished off by the second team here. So we, we've had uh, several people up here. And you know, we're all ordinary people, really. And uh, I say that in a, in a positive sense. I'm ordinary. All of you are ordinary. Renee's ordinary. The Hoffmans are ordinary. Derek's ordinary. But we'll come back to that. 
So I want to real quickly go through. Thank you, Derek. Martha Wagner uh, is another one of these ordinary people that's done uh, much more than you would expect. Martha and Bill raised their three boys here in town, and Martha went back to school and actually got a doctorate, and she also uh, got a disease. It's called uh, a passion for the work of Jesus. And, uh, and Martha, if you know her, she's a go-getter, and so she's uh, finished this uh, disease. <laughs> She, uh, th here's a picture of her. She's been to Uganda and some other places. She goes out with an evangelistic team. She didn't work in the area where we've been talking, uh, but in another area west of there in Uganda most recently. Sometimes now Bill, her husband, goes with her. He's kind of Mr. Logistics, and, uh, and he writes these amazing letters, uh, emails back to us that are probably much, much more entertaining than the work, the hard work that's going on there, but they're great. The picture on the right, uh, if you can tell, that's Mae Dickinson in, the, uh, uh, in this picture. And uh, I think Mae was in the last service. She's not in this service, but she's a nurse. So the team was able to supply a lot of medical help for these people. These are little small uh, villages way out. Uh, this shows the inside of a typical church. And the, that's probably the whole congregation there. The pastor... He was usually uh, very young and maybe not have very much experience, but he's got a great heart. If you ever get a chance to uh, worship with the Ugandans, you're in for a real treat. Martha uh, mainly wanted to speak to women because women in a lot of cultures are undervalued, and she wanted to encourage the women. And so that's been her part of the ministry. Some of you helped with this ministry, uh, and there's a table out there showing some dresses and Shorts for the boys. In Uganda, sometimes that's how you tell whether that's a boy or a girl. Do they have a dress on or do they have shorts? Because a lot of them have their heads shaved to prevent lice and things like that. So thank you for those of you who have worked in this way. You're, there's a lot of things we can do right here to support missions that we don't have to go clear to Uganda to do. We saw that last week uh, with the guys and gal who are doing the videos in, uh, in Indonesia. I won't take time to read all this verse, but it reminds me of Martha. It comes out of Romans, and basically, you know, how can people believe? How can they know unless they hear? Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And I appreciate these verses because that's essentially how I came to Christ myself. I, it's like I had spiritual blinders on at first, but uh, in 1970, at the age of 28, I finally understood what I was hearing, and I gave my life to Christ. And that's been the most wonderful decision I've ever made in my life, and that's even more than when I married this lady 52 years ago. So how can you get involved? We're all ordinary people. Well, here's some ways. You could go long-term, career, and that's a wonderful thing to do. Uh, Val and Daniel did that. But don't go unless uh, the Lord is directing you. But if he is directing you, hear the word and you go. Uh, these four young ladies have something unique. They've all grown up, not just attended, but grown up in Northwest Hills. Uh, 
we have, uh, let's see, on the top we have Sarah, and she's now doing translation work over in west part of Asia. Uh, Lindsay is doing evangelistic work among uh, the French who are not very uh, strongly evangelical Christians. Uh, Melissa, in the upper right corner, is, says, uh, end of the earth. That's Melissa's phrase for her ministry. She started in Mongolia. She's moved to the very north part of India. And she is literally, from the pictures I've seen, at the end of the earth. But a wonderful ministry there using, again, animal skills to uh, reach people for Christ. And then Deborah, down in the corner, started in Norway. She's amazing with languages. And she's gone to Thailand and spent a number of times there. She met a guy named Jens, and they've been married, and they're now working together. It says breakthrough. They're trying to break through the barrier of another religious system, uh, in this case the Buddhist, to reach them for Christ. And uh, they're, they're in the process of, they've been, they've been over there a number of times, done a lot of work, and they're uh, trying to put all this in book form. So Peter and Diane, they didn't grow up here, but Peter left his engineering job here to go in Indonesia. I'm making the point that there's a lot of ways you can go. But it's not easy being a missionary. There's a lot of pressure sometimes. And uh, that's true, but when we rely on God, great things can happen. And our whole peace uh, story there in Uganda is, is a great example of what, was, what happened when these people were introduced to the Prince of Peace. His name is Jesus. You can also go short-term. These are, uh, we've already mentioned, Steve just mentioned, that going with the Timothy team in December. We send a team every year to Brazil. They are now looking for not just, it was originally a college ministry, but they're also looking for adults to go, and I recognize a few of you here who have gone. You can go to the high school uh, retreat. Those are for high schoolers, but they're also... Um, adults to go on that one, and you can pick up a little prayer card like this right outside, and March 24th is when that team's leaving, not very, very long from now. So be sure to pick up some of these cards. You can pray for all these people, and that's the next thing here. We have a missionary prayer team that meets twice a month. You can join that. We have, uh, you can sign up for the Go Prayer team. That means you'll be getting the same emails that uh, some of the rest of us get and you can pray for people that way, or you can sign up out there with a missionary and receive their information directly. You can give. You can support the direct, uh, directly to these missionaries, and we've got ways to do that out there. And a little bit of the money goes uh, that you give broadly to the church goes into this ministry. You can welcome internationals. Uh, I wrote there's 2,000 international students at OSU, and I've been told that maybe as large as 4,000 they're right here. That, that building is right across the street on Monroe on campus. You can go down there and have a free lunch with them, get to know them, tell them about Jesus. They can go home and tell their people much more convincingly than we can. You can become part of our GO team. There's a little sign like that outside if you want to read more details on that. I had to uh, come up with a missionary definition a while back. A missionary is someone who is sent somewhere by God to minister to someone else in the name of the greatest someone who ever lived. His name is Jesus. And we can all tell someone about the greatest someone, as long as we're not ashamed of the gospel. 
So we're all, I've been saying we're all ordinary people. And that, that's true. And ordinary people can do ordinary things. But if ordinary people couple with God, we can do extraordinary things. And so that's what we're looking for. We want to, when we minister, we want to minister in, in concert with God. Jesus is the cornerstone. I'm going to, uh, actually, the, the worship team is going to come up, and I'm going to kind of pray over this verse as uh, we transition. Lord Jesus, as a stumbling stone, you were rejected by so many. But in fact, you are the chief cornerstone. Therefore, you are our spiritual rock, which sets our direction, and you are our firm foundation upon which we can build our lives. Guide us as we walk in a manner worthy of you, to please you in every respect, to bear fruit in every good work, especially in sharing our faith with others, and to joyously give thanks to you. Amen.